Hi friends. I started this podcast exactly a year ago, and I have now published four 10-episode seasons, four Patreon-exclusive special episodes, and shipped dozens of shirts and posters to you lovely people. This essay contains everything I can think of to help you do the same. It's available online at oat.sh forward slash podcast advice. Part zero. Podcasts are fantastic. They're almost as simple as a blog to produce, but allow you to present your story or information in a much more evocative and personal medium, voice, sound, and music. Additionally, and unlike something like YouTube or Spotify, you regain total control. All you need, essentially, is a website to host MP3s and an XML file that tells people where those MP3s are. There are plenty of services that will do this for you for a few dollars a month. I use Spreaker. But that's what it boils down to. No gatekeepers, no monopolies, no algorithms. When you think of podcasts, other than this one, you might think of the million talking head interview or discussion shows. That's not what I'm going to talk about here. For those to work, I think, you need a very different set of skills. I'm going to talk about fiction podcasts, drama, radio plays, scripted, meaningful, careful stories. Think Welcome to Night Vale, Within the Wires, or Moonbase Theta out. This essay is in two parts, a case study and a summary of what I've learned along the way. Part 1. A case study. In July of 2020, I was burnt out. I took a week off from my job to get my head straight, and by Thursday of that week, I had decompressed enough to start thinking properly. I realised I could make a really great fiction experience using the technology I had developed to make a few of my music videos, such as my cover of Want You Gone by Jonathan Colton, the Portal 2 credits song. Everything is linked in the show notes that I'm mentioning in this essay. The look of this 80s scrolling text on a CRT really inspired me. I could make something retro, but futuristic. And so I started brainstorming what would become this podcast, Lost Terminal. I had the seed of an idea, a computer that communicated through a text terminal. I'd never seen anything like that, but what of the story and of the world? I had never done something like this before, so I took stock of my experience, both good and bad. The good. I'm a music producer. Writing music and, probably, sound effects would be possible. I love public speaking, so I could voice whatever I write. And the scrolling terminal video method was ready to go. The bad. I had no video production experience, nor much story writing experience, and I'm not a very emotional person. Could I even write impactful stories? So I put these constraints together to build the setting of a single-person narrator who speaks to us through a computer. The character would use text-to-speech so we can't hear his environment, so he would be an AI. That would release me from recording sound effects, as a typical radio show would include. Also, and I must get a little personal here, I realised that my non-neurotypical condition, autism, could be turned into an asset, not a liability. Though I feel very underqualified to talk about emotions and mental health issues, I do feel uniquely qualified to write about a computer who is slowly understanding human emotion. You gotta work with what you've got. I started with these constraints and wrote and recorded a five-minute pilot episode of a little satellite talking from orbit. Perhaps you've heard of it. I shopped it around to my friends, then rewrote it and published, with my partner Lucy recording some credits, promising that Lost Terminal will return next week. There was no going back now. Part 2. What I have learned along the way. A summary of my advice in the next few sections is to simply write for yourself. Write the stories you, or perhaps your younger self, want or wanted to hear. It's much easier to know what will be well-received if you are both audience and author. Firstly, you must choose a genre, which is often closely linked to the setting. This can be anything from sci-fi to satire or horror. 
This is the canvas that you will frame your story on. In many ways, both the genre and setting are unrelated to the story and themes you want to explore. Star Wars could be rewritten in Renaissance Venice, and it would still have just the same message of hope and rebellion, and as a bonus, would still have cool swords. Choose a genre that you are familiar with. Choose one that you like. As well as the setting, also consider the way you present the story in terms of narration. There are many options for you to consider. Present tense or past tense? Will you have a single person narrator or a full cast of voice actors? How about bespoke background music? What of sound effects? Etc. We must all work to our constraints. If you've got enthusiastic and talented friends, you've got a ready-made cast. Recording will be more complicated, but you will manage. However, if it's just you with a microphone in your bedroom, that's also fine. My recommendation is to understand your constraints and let them shape the setting. Some of the best and most influential stories are told by a single person whispering into a microphone, and you can always add more people later. The most important thing is to start. Themes and topics. This is what your story is really about. Not the location, not the framing, and not even really the story and characters. Though you could write a character-heavy exploration story, I suppose. That's not my cup of tea. The big themes your characters explore within the framing of the world are what you will be writing about mostly. Environmentalism, class struggle, slavery, mental health, the meaning of art, the meaning of life. The topics are the reason you want to write. The topics are the reason you need to write. The topic and themes should get you out of bed in the morning. They should make you proud of what you write, make you hunger to learn more about it, so you can better distill that information down into your work. And here's the most important thing to leave people richer and better for experiencing your story. It's okay to start with a simple story concept or a character concept that you think is fun, but that won't keep you going. As you're writing your first draft or pilot episode, look for the themes and topics that are creeping into your work. Your brain won't let you write about anything else. Seize them. You may know how to write a story. You may not. When I started writing Lost Terminal, I certainly didn't. But I have good news for you. If you believe Kurt Vonnegut, there are only six stories in the world. Rags to Riches, a story that follows a rise in happiness. Tragedy, or Riches to Rags, one that follows a fall in happiness. Man in a Hole, Falling Rising. Icarus, Rise, Then Fall. Cinderella, Rise, Fall, Rise. And Oedipus, Fall, Rise, Fall. Write one of these if you are having trouble coming up with your own. It doesn't matter. The Guardian has more on the subject in their article... How many basic plot points are there in all stories ever written? Link it in the show notes. As I said before, the real impact isn't the plot arc, it's the themes of your podcast. Sure, it's fun to have a cute satellite protagonist, but the deep themes will be what people come back for again and again. How to write, according to Neil Gaiman, is that you sit down at the keyboard and you put one word after another until it's done. It's that easy and that hard. Writing to the regular schedule required by a serialised podcast can take two forms. One, write it all beforehand and record to your schedule. Or two, write it just in time to your recording schedule. Though the former is more relaxing and safer, I'm going to argue that you do the latter. Like many of us, I struggle with getting things done. When there are no deadlines other than those I create, it seems like I can finish my projects whenever, which of course actually means never. There are tools and projects that helped me in the past. The only novel I've ever finished was because I committed, very loudly and publicly, to NaNoWriMo, National November Writing Month, and smashed 1,600 words into my laptop every day for a month. Though I'm very proud of what I wrote, I don't think the pace is sustainable for a podcast, and I certainly didn't have fun. 
I recommend a much more sedentary 500 words a day. This allows you, if you like, to have a 20-minute podcast completed in one week. My schedule, for your interest, is simply on Tuesday to Friday, I edit this week's episode and write next week's episode. On Saturday, I record this week's episode. On Sunday, I edit the audio and music. And on Monday, I publish the episode. And on Tuesday, I do it all over again. I get up early and do this before my day job. It only takes an hour, and it means I can give my best, most focused time to my project. Some of you will be night owls and can do this at night. Others have busy lives and can only spare a lunch break. Choose a schedule that works for you. You can bunch these up and record a whole season of them, or, as I've said, you could release them straight away. Why would we subject ourselves to this hectic schedule? Motivation and feedback. Motivation for me relates to the thrill of finishing something. But what if I'm not finished editing? I hear you cry. I have good news. The work is never finished. As Bill Condon says, simply, no piece of writing is ever finished. It's just due. So you get it as good as you can do, and then you record. The act of recording, of speaking the script out loud, is a huge advantage that book authors do not always have. It's a great check in my experience, and errors are corrected either consciously or unconsciously while speaking. I've corrected dozens while recording the script. Feedback is very useful, especially when you're starting out. If you keep your script to yourself, you'll never improve. If you get an editor, you'll have two heads to improve it, but releasing it to the world for comment will get you a thousand times that. You also might find aspects of the story people pick up on that you didn't even notice. Maybe they love the background character you put in for just one paragraph. It's time to give that person their own arc. And of course, positive feedback and praise is very motivating. If you, as I recommend, record and publish early episodes before later episodes have been written, you may worry about how to guarantee continuity. While I made some small mistakes in my pilot episode, both factual and plot-related, no one cares. Not one person has pointed out the errors. They have, I imagine, forgotten them under the weight of subsequent episodes. This happens all the time, to professionals in every industry from TV shows to movie series. You can even, and this is another advantage of retaining ownership of your MP3s, correct things after publication. I've only had to do this once, where I somehow duplicated a sentence and didn't pick it up in editing. It's such a relief to be working in a forgiving medium. Allow yourself leniency in the pilot for smaller errors. You have to, otherwise you'll never get that damn thing out the door. But for the rest of your story, you must plan. A good friend of mine, Neil Merton, gave me some advice when I was starting out. He said, Knowing the destination is a big help when planning the trip. Please repay him by buying his book Magpie Tales, which is a wonderful book of 100-word stories. Link in the show notes. You must plan. Once you've chosen your plot arc, or chosen one of the six plots, write it down in a table, and sketch out for yourself what happens for each of the plot lines in your series. There can be overlapping plots, of course. My advice for this is to start at the end, the resolution, then the start, then the midpoint, and then fill in the details. Dan Wells has a great video on his take on story structure you should watch. Link in the show notes. That's it. Those are all my secrets. Appendix. Tools. Here's a dump of the tools and services I've used. Chosen for price, mostly, but they all work fantastically well. Spreaker.com is my podcast host. Cool Retro Term is a fun, old-fashioned CRT-themed command line for Mac and Linux. It saved me doing any complex video effects for the videos. OBS, open broadcaster software, fantastic screen and camera recording streaming software, which I use for capturing the terminal. Lightworks, 
This is a very inexpensive video editing software. I chose this because it's professional software that supports Linux. I'm always happy to support companies that make great software for Linux. Works on Mac and Windows too, of course. Bitwig. This is my digital audio workstation. All my music is produced using this. If you know about Ableton Live, it's an Ableton clone at half the price and also works on Linux. The Rode Procaster is my mic. Every podcaster needs a nice mic to whisper into, and this one is a modern, good value, broadcast quality mic. You also should check out the podcast Start With This from the creators of Welcome to Night Vale, both of which were a huge inspiration. I can't wait to see you on July the 5th for the season five premiere, which I should really get back to writing. Talk to you soon. Music